Ashley Brock reading Nora Roberts book Rising Tide, Chapter 3. Need bunny too. Okay, baby, we'll get your bunny. It was Grace. Was Grace always an ex- expedition? They were only going as far as the sandbox in the backyard, but Aubrey never failed to demand that all her stuffed pals accompanying her. Grace installed this logistical problem with an enormous shopping bag. Inside of it were a bear, two dogs, a fish, and a very tattered cat. The bunny joined them. The Grace's eyes were gritted from lack of sleep. She ran broadly at Aubrey, trying to heave the bag herself. I'll carry them, honey. No, me! It was Grace Aubrey's favorite phrase. Her baby liked to do things herself, even when it would be simpler to let someone else do the job. Wonder where she gets that from. Grace Mewson laughed at both of them. Okay, let's get the crew outside. She opened the screen door. It squeaked badly, reminding her that she needed to oil the hinges, and waited while Aubrey dragged the bag over the threshold and onto the tiny back porch. Grace had labeled up the leveled up the porch by painting it in a soft blue and adding clay pots filled with pink and white grooming mirrors. In her mind, a little rental house was temporary, but she didn't want it to feel temporary. She wanted it to feel like home, at least until she saved enough money for a down payment on a place of their own. Inside the room, inside the room sizes were on the stingy side, but she solved that and helped her bank balance by keeping furniture to a minimum. Most of what she had were yard sale bargains, but she painted, refurnished, recovered, turned every piece, each piece into her own. It was vital to Grace to have her own. A house of ancient plumbing, a roof that leaked water after a hard rain, and windows that leaked air. But it had two bedrooms, which had been essential. She waited, waited. She wanted her daughter to have a room of her own, a bright, cheerful room. She had seen to that, papering the walls herself, painting the trim, adding fussy curtains. It was already breaking her heart, knowing that it was about time to dismantle Aubrey's crib and replace it with a youth bed. Be careful on the steps, Grace warned, and Aubrey stared down. Both tiny tennis shoes planted themselves firmly on each of the steps. On the descent, the minute she hit bottom, she began to run, dragging her back behind her and squealing in anticipation. She loved the sandbox and made Grace proud to watch Aubrey make her traditional beeline for it. Grace had built it herself using scrap lumber that she meticulously sanded smooth, painted a bright crown, crown red, and in which the hails and shovels and big plastic cars, but she knew Aubrey would touch none of them until she set out her pets. One day, Grace promised herself Aubrey would have a real puppy in a playroom so that she could have friends visit and spend long, rainy afternoons. Grace crouched down as Aubrey placed her toys carefully in the white sand. You sit right here and play with Mommy most of the lawn, promise? Okay, Aubrey beamed up at her dimples and you play. In a little while, she struck Aubrey's curls. She could never get enough of touching this miracle that had come from her. Before rising, she looked around, mother's eyes scanning for any danger. The yard was fenced, and she had installed a childproof lock on the gate herself. Aubrey tended to be curious. A flowering vine ran along the fence that bordered her house and the cutters, and would have it buried in bloom by summer's end. No one stirred next door, she noted, too early on Sunday morning for her neighbors to be doing more than lazing about and taking a breakfast. Julie cut her, the eldest daughter of the house, was her most treasured babysitter. She noted that Julie's mother, Irene, had spent some time in her garden the day before. Not a single weed dare show its head in Irene Cutter's flowers or her vegetable patch. 
with some embarrassment, Grace waved towards the rear of her yard, where she and Aubrey had planted some tomatoes and beans and carrots. Plenty of weeds there, she thought with a sigh. She'd have to deal with that after cutting the lawn. God only knew why she thought she would have time to tend the garden, but it had been such fun to dig dirt and plant the seeds with her little girl. Just as it would be such fun to step into the sandbox and build castles and make up games. No, she don't. Grace ordered herself and wrote. The lawn was nearly ankle high. It might have been rented grass, but it was hers now and her responsibility. No one was going to say that Grace Monroe couldn't tend her own. She kept the ancient second-hand lawnmower under an equally ancient drop cloth. As usual, she checked the gas level first, casting another glance over her shoulder to be certain. Aubrey was still tucked in the sandbox. Gripping the starter cord with both hands, she yanked and got a wheezing cough on Come on, don't mess with me this morning. She lost count of the time she fiddled in her parent and banged on the old machine. Rolling her pro protesting shoulders, she yanked again, then a third time before letting the cord snap back and pressing her fingers. Let me just know it. Giving you trouble. Her head jerked round after their argument the night before. Ethan was the last person Grace expected to see standing in her backyard. Didn't please her particularly since she told herself she could and would stay mad at him. Worse, she knew how she looked, old gray shorts and a t-shirt that had seen too many washings, not a stitch of makeup in her hair uncombed. Damn it, she dressed for yard work, not for company. I can handle it. She yanked again with foot-clad sneakers with a hole in the toe, planted on the side of the machine. It nearly caught, but, but nearly. Let her rest. Just gonna flood it. The time the cord snapped back with the danger says, I know how to start my own lawnmower. I imagine you do when you're not mad. He walked over as he spoke, all lean and easy male in faded jeans and a work shirt rolled up to his elbows. He had come around back when she didn't answer her door and he knew he'd sit and he knew he stood watching her a little longer than was strictly polite. She had such a pretty way of moving, he had decided something. Sometime during the restless night that he had better find a way to make amends. And he spent a good part of his morning trying to figure out how to do so. And then he seen her, all those long, slim limbs. The sun was turning pale gold, his sunny hair, the narrow hands, and he just wanted to watch her. But I'm not mad, she said in an impatient hiss that proved her statement a lie. He only looked into her eyes. Listen, Grace. Ethan! With a shriek of pure pleasure, Audrey scrabbled out of the sandbox and ran to it. Full out, arms extended, face lit up with joy. <laughs> Carter swung her up and hey there, Audrey. Come play! Well, um, kiss! She parked her little lips with such energy that he had to laugh and gave him a little friendly face. Okay, she wiggled down and ran back to him. Look, Grace, I'm sorry if it was out of line last night. The fact that her heart had melted when he held her daughter only made her more determined to stand for him. If he chipped at his feet, clearly uncomfortable. I just meant that. His explanation was interrupted as Aubrey raced back with her beloved soft dog. Kiss! She stayed her very firmly and he held him up to Ethan. He obliged, waiting until she raced away. What I mean was, I think you said what you meant, Ethan. She was going to be stubborn, he thought, with an inward sigh. Well, she always had me. I didn't say it very well. I get tangled up with words most of the time. I hate to see you working so hard. He paused, patient, when Audrey came back to me and kissed her bear. I'll worry about you some, that's all. Grace angled her head. Why? Why? The question threw him. He went to kiss the stuff funny that Aubrey batted his. Well, I, because 
because I'm a woman, she suggests because I'm a single parent. My father considers that I smeared the family name by not only having to get married, but getting married myself divorced. No. He took a step closer, absently kissing the cat that already has up to me. Because I've known you more than half my life, and that makes you part of it. Because maybe you're too stubborn or too proud to see when somebody just wants to see things go a little easier for you. She st started to tell him she appreciated that, felt herself beginning to soften, and because I didn't like seeing men paw at you. Paw at me? Her back went up, her chunk went out. Men were not pawing at me, Ethan. If they do, I know what to do about it. I'll get all riled up again. <laughs> he scratched his chin, struggling not to sigh. He didn't see the point in arguing with a woman. <laughs> You could never win. I came over here to tell you I was sorry, and so maybe I could kiss. I'll be demanding of to climb up his leg. Instinctively, Ethan pulled her up in his arms and kissed her chin. I was going to say, no, kiss mama. Bouncing in his arms, I'll be pushed out his lips to make them fucking kiss mama. Aubrey, mortified, Grace reached for her daughter. All that Aubrey clinging to Ethan's shirt like a small golden boar. Let Ethan be now. Changing tactics, Aubrey laid her head on Ethan's shoulder and smiled sweetly, one arm clinging like a vine around his neck as Grace tugged at her. Kiss, Mama! She crowed and batted her eyes at Ethan. Grace laughed instead of looking so embarrassed and just a little nervous. Ethan thought he could have brushed his lips over her bro and settled the matter, but her cheeks had gone pink. It was so enduring. She wouldn't meet his eyes, and her breath was unsteady. He watched her bite her bottom lip and decided he might as well settle the matter another way entirely. He laid a hand on Grace's shoulder as Aubrey popped clean him. This will be easier. He murmured and touched his lips lightly to hers. It wasn't easier. It rocked her heart. It could barely be considered a kiss. It was over almost before it began. Nothing more than a quick brush of lips, an instant of taste and texture, and a whiff of promise that made her long, desperately, impossibly. In all the years he'd known her, he had never touched his mouth to hers. Now with just this fleeting sampling, he wondered why he waited so long and worried that the wondering would change everything. Aubrey clapped her hands in glee, but he barely heard it. Grace's eyes were on his now, that misty swimming green, and their faces were close, close enough that he only had to use for refraction if he wanted to taste again, to linger this time. He thought as her lips parted on the trembling No, me! Aubrey planted her small, soft mouth in her mother's cheek. Then he said, Come play! Grace jerked back like a puppet whose strings had been rudely hanged. A silky pink cloud that had began to fog her brain. Soon, honey, moving quickly now, she like Aubrey out of Ethan's arms and set her on feet. Go on, build me a castle for us to live in. She gave Aubrey a gently pat on the rope, sent her off. Then she closed up. You're awfully good to her, Ethan. I appreciate it. He decided the best place for his hands under the circumstances was his pockets. He wasn't sure what to do about the itching feeling in them. She's a sweetheart. Deliberately, he turned to watch Aubrey in a red sandbox. And a handful. She needed her feet back under her. Grace told herself and to do what needed to be done next. Why don't we just forget last night, Ethan? I'm sure you meant all for the best. Reality is just not always what we chosen. choose. Or what we'd like it to be. Turn back slowly in those quiet eyes of his focused on her face. What do you want it to be, Grace? What I want is for Aubrey to have a home and a family, and I think I'm pretty close to that. He's just 
Now what do you want, Lord Grace? Besides her? She looked over at her dog. I don't even remember anymore. Right now I want my lawn mowed and my vegetables weeded. I appreciate you coming by like this. She turned away and prepared to give the starter cord another yank. I'll be by the house tomorrow. She went very still when his hands closed. I'll cut the grass. I can do it. She couldn't even start the damn lawnmower he thought, but was wise enough not to I didn't say he couldn't. I said I'd do it. She couldn't turn around, couldn't risk, but it would be due to her system be that close again to face it. You have chores of your own, Grace. Are we going to stay in here all day arguing over who's going to cut this grass? I can have it done twice every by the time we finish, and you could be saving your string beans from being choked out by those weeds. I was going to get to them. Her voice was thin. They were both bent over, all but spooned together. The flash of sheer animal lust that streaked through the familiar yearning for him staggered her. Get to them now, he murmured it, willing her to move if she didn't, and very quickly he might not be able to open himself back from putting his hands on her and putting them on her in places they had business being. All right. She shifted away, moving sideways, while her heart knocked at her ribs in short rabbit punches. I appreciate it. Thanks. She bit her lip hard because she was going to babble, determined to be normal. She turned and smiled. It's probably the carburetor again. I've got some tools. Saying nothing, Ethan grabbed the cord with one hand and yanked it hard twice. The engine caught with the deceptive roar. It ought to do, he said mildly when he saw her mouth thin in frustration. Yeah, it ought to. Struggle not to be annoyed. Showed quickly to her vegetable patch and bent over. Ethan thought as he began to cut the first swatch. Bent over in those thin cotton shorts and a way that forced him to take several long, careful breaths. She didn't have a clue. He decided what it had done to his unusual, well disciplined hormones to have her trim little butt snug back against him. What it did to the unusual modern temperament of his blood, and all that long bare leg brushing against his, she might be a mother. The fact that he reminded himself of often to keep dark and dangerous thoughts at bay, but as far as he was concerned, she was nearly as innocent and unaware as she'd been at 14. When he first began to have those dark and dangerous thoughts about her, he stopped himself from acting on her. For God's sake, she'd just been a kid, and a man with his past had no right to touch anyone so unspoiled. Instead, he'd been her friend had found contentment in that. He thought it could continue to be her friend, and only her friend. But just lately, those thoughts have been striking him more often and with more force. <laughs> they become very tricky to control. They both had enough complications in their lives. He reminded himself he was going to mow her lawn, maybe help pull some weeds. There was time. He offered to take them into town for some ice cream cones. Probably was partially strawberry. Then he had to go down to the boatyard and get to work. And since it was his turn to cook, he'd figure out that little nuance. But mother or not, he thought. As Grace leaned over to tug out stubborn dandelions, she had a pair of amazing legs. Grace knew she couldn't have let herself be. Grace knew she shouldn't have let herself be persuaded to go into town, even for a quick ice cream show. It meant adjusting her day's schedule, changing into something less disruptible than her gardening clothes, and spend more time in Ethan's company when she was feeling a bit too aware of her needs. But Aubrey loved those small trips and treats, so it was impossible to say no. It was only a mile into St. Chris, but they went from 
quiet neighborhood, a busy waterfront. The Gipton souvenir shops would stay open seven days a week now to take advantage of the summer tourist season. Couples and families drove by with shopping bags filled with memories to take home. The sky was brilliantly blue, and the bay reflected it, inviting boats to cruise along its surface. A couple of Sunday sailors had tangled the lines of their little sunfish, letting the sails flop, but they appeared to be having the time of their lives despite the small mishap. Grace could smell fresh fish frying, candy melting, and the coconut sweetness of sunblock, and always, always the moist fragrance of the water. She grew up on the waterfront, watching boats sailing them. She ran free along the docks, in and out of the shop. She learned to pick crabs at her mother's knee, gaining the speed and skill needed to separate out the meat, the precious commodity that would be packaged and shipped all over the world. Work hadn't been a stranger, but she'd always been free. Her family had lived well, if not luxurious. Her father didn't believe in spoiling his women with too much pampering, so he'd been kind and loving, even though set in his ways. He never made her feel that he was disappointed that he had only a daughter instead of sons to carry his name. In the end, she disappointed him anyway. Grace swung Aubrey up on her hip and nuzzled Busy today, she commented. Seems to get more crowded every summer. But Ethan shrugged it off. They needed the summer crowds to survive the winters. I heard Bingham's going to expand the restaurant. Fancy it up too can bring people, more people year round. Well, he's got the chef from up north now and got himself reviewed in the Washington Post magazine. She jiggled Aubrey on the hip. The Ingrid Rest is the only linen tablecloth restaurant around here. Spiffing it up should be good for the town. We also went there for dinner on special occasions. We always went there for dinner for special occasions, said Aubrey Brown, trying not to remember that she hadn't seen the inside of the restaurant in over three years. She held Aubrey's hand and led her daughter to relentlessly toward Crawford's. This was another standard of St. Chris. Crawford's was for ice cream and cold drinks and takeout submarine sandwiches. Since it was noon, the shop was doing a brisk business. Grace ordered herself not to spoil things by mentioning that they should be eating sandwiches instead of ice cream. Hey there, Grace. Ethan, hello, pretty Aubrey. Lisa Crawford beamed at them, even as she skillfully built a cold up, cold cuts up. She's going to school with Ethan and dated him for a short, careless time that they both remembered with fondness. <laughs> now she was the sturdy, frickled-faced mother of two, married to Junior Crawford, as he was known to distinguish him from his father, Senior. Junior, skinny as a scarecrow, whistled between his teeth as he rang up sails. And sent them to a quick salute. Busy day, Ethan said, dogging an elbow from a customer at the counter. Dodging an elbow from a customer at the counter. Tell me, Liz rolled her eyes, stepped and wrapped the sub in white paper, and handed it along with three others over the counter. Y'all want a sub? Ice cream, Bobby said, definitely. Berry! Well, you go on down and tell Mother Crawford what you have in mind. Oh, Ethan, Seth was in here shortly ago with Danny and Will. I swear those kids grow like weeds in high summer. Loading up whole subs and soda pop. Said they were working down to the, your boatyard. Felt a faint flicker of guilt. Known that Philip was not only working, but riding her, riding her to three young boys. I'll be heading down there myself soon. Ethan, if you don't have time for this, Griffin. I've got time to eat an ice cream cone with a pretty girl. So Sandy lifted Aubrey up and let her press her nose to the glass front counter that held the buckets of handed choices. Liz took the next order and spread a wiggling eyebrow glance toward her husband that spoke volumes. Ethan Quinn and Grace Monroe. It started 
it's stated clearly. Well, well, what do you think of that? They took their cones outside where the breeze was warm off the water and wandered around for the crowds to find one of the small iron benches the city fathers had champagne for. Armed with a fistful of napkins, Grace set Aubrey on her lap. I remember when you come here, I know the name of every face you'd see, Grace Mother. Mother Crawford would be behind the counter reading a paperback novel, sputter of whip wet drip from Aubrey's ice cream flop on her leg below the hem of her shorts and wiped it off. Eat around the edges, honey, before it melts away. You'll always get strawberry ice cream, too. Hmm? As I recall, Ethan said, surprising the image was so clear in his mind. He had a preference for strawberry and grape neha. <laughs> I guess it did. Grace sunglasses slipped down her nose as she bent to mop up more drips. Everything was simple if you had yourself a strawberry cone and a grape neha. Some things stay simple. Because her hands were full, Ethan nudged Grace's glasses back up. Dottie caught up with her something in her eyes, penetrated. Some don't. Looked out the water as he applied himself to his own cone. A better idea, he decided, than watching Grace take the long, slow look from hers. We used to come down here on Sundays now and then here. All of us piling into the car and riding in town for ice cream or sub or just to see what was up. Mom and Dad liked to sit under one of those umbrella tables at the diner and drink lemonade. I still miss them, she said quietly. I know you do. That winter I caught pneumonia. I remember mother and yours. I remember my mother and yours. It seemed every time I woke up, one or the other of them was right there. Dr. Quinn was the kindest woman I ever knew. Mama. She broke off to her. What? I don't want to make you sad. We won't finish it. My mother goes to the cemetery every year in the spring and puts flowers on your mother's grave. I go with her. I didn't realize until the first time we went how much my mother loved her. I wonder who put them there. It's nice knowing what's being said. What some people are saying about my father would have gotten her Irish up. She'd have scolded more than a few tongues by now. That's not your way, Ethan. You have to tend to the business your own way. They would both want us to do what's best for Seth. That would come first. You're doing, you're doing what's best for him. Every time I see him, he looks lighter. There was such a heaviness over him when he first came here. Professor Quinn was working his way through that. But he had such troubles of his own. You know how troubled he was, Ethan. Yeah. The guilt weighed like a stone. That sinners are. I know. Now I have made you sad. She just the tortoise so that their knees won't. Whatever troubled him, it was never you. You were one strong, steady light in his life. Anyone could see that. If I'd asked him more questions again. It's not your way, she said again. Forgetting her hand was sticky, he touched his cheek. You know, he would talk to you when he was ready. When he could. When it was too late. No, it is. It is never too late. She, her fingers kept on. There's always a chance. I don't think I can get from one day to the next if I didn't believe there's always a chance. Don't worry, she said softly. Felt something more inside him. She reached up to cover her hand with his. Something shifting and opening. Then Aubrey let out a wild squeal of joy. <laughs> Grandpa! Grace's hand jerked and dropped like a stone. All the warmth that had flowed out of her chilled. Her shoulders went straight and stiff as she turned forward again. Watched her father walk toward him. There's my doll, baby. 
Come see Grandpa. Grace let her daughter go, watched her race, and be caught. Her father didn't wince or shy away from the sticky hands or smooth lips. He laughed and hugged and smacked his lips when kissing, when kissed lavishly. Mmm, strawberry, give me more. He made more munching noises on Aubrey's neck until she screamed with delight. Then he hitched her easily on his hip across the slight distance to his daughter and no longer not Grace Eaton, taking a Sunday stroll. Grace's throat was dry and her eyes burned. Ethan offered to buy us some ice cream. Well, that's nice. You're wearing some of it now. Ethan commented, hoping to ease some of the ripely tension that moved in the air. Pete glanced down his shirt where Aubrey had traced some of her favorite strawberries. Clothes washed don't often see you around the waterfront on a Sunday, Ethan, since you started building that boat. Taking an hour before I get started on it today. Holes finished, decks nearly. Good, that's good. He nodded, meaning it, shifting his gaze to Grace. Your mother's in the diner. She wanted to see your granddaughter. All right, all right. I'll take her over. You can go home when you're ready to. Your mother will bring her on by your place in an hour or two. She'd have preferred he slapped her than speaks her in a polite and distant tone. But she nodded as Aubrey was already babbling about Grandma. Bye-bye, Mama. Bye-bye, Ethan. Aubrey called over Pete's shoulder and blew nose again. I'm sorry, Grace. No, it was inadequate. Ethan took her hand and found it difficult. Doesn't matter. It can't matter. He loves Aubrey. Just don't want it. That's what counts. It's not fair to you. Your father's a good man, Grace. But he hasn't been fair to you. I let him down. She rose quickly, wiping her hands on the napkin. She balled up. And that's that. It's nothing more than his pride running up against yours. Maybe, but my pride's important to me. She tossed the napkin into a trash container, told herself that was the end of it. I gotta get back home, Ethan. There's a million things I should be doing, and if I've got a couple hours for you, I better do them. He didn't push. I was surprised how strongly he wanted to. He hated being nudged and nagged to talk about private matters himself. I'll drive you home. No, I like to walk, really. like to walk. Thanks for the help. She made a smile that looked almost natural. And the ice cream. I'll be by the house tomorrow. Make sure you tell Seth his laundry goes in the hamper, not on the floor. She walked away, her long legs eating up the ground. She made certain she was well away before she allowed her steps to slow, before she rubbed the hand over the heart that ached no matter how firmly she ordered it not to. There were only two men in her life she had ever really loved. It seemed neither of them could want her as she needed them to want her. End of chapter 3.